Welcome to Raising Nashville. I'm Bucky. Juice box. Oh boy. And if you can't tell by now, but from our theme music and the break-in song, this week we have a very special episode for you. We are covering... Stone Cold Steve Austin. No. The well, life at times. Well, part of it. But no, we are actually covering wrestling. And... What brought this episode to life uh, initially for us was this amazing Nashville scene article called The Greatest Wrestling in the History of the World. It was written by J.R. Lind, who works for Nashville Scene, and we want to give a shout out to him and say you did an amazing job on this article. It inspired the idea for this episode of Raising Nashville, where we want to get into not only that article, but the history of wrestling as we know it. Uh, as well as some fun things later on in that episode. And in order to do this, we couldn't do this alone. We are uh, three guys who um, I'd say maybe one-third of us are really into wrestling. I'd say that's a fair percentage. Okay, so in order to do this, we actually had to enlist the help of a special guest this week, uh, one of the our well-known wrestling historians here in Nashville, and I am talking about the one, the only, Charles Taylor King II. Welcome to the episode, Charles. Gentlemen, it is an honor and a privilege. Does that not just sound like a wrestling name to you? Charles Taylor King II. I've wrestled with it all my life. Yeah. yeah. I agree. <laughs> Oh, it's just so regal. It's like William Regal. You know, it's it's just it's that name, that that true name. It's got King in there. It, it does have King in there, and that's a, the wild reference. Um, so again, this week we want to get into and dive into wrestling. Um, I know two of us now that we can we introduced our special guest. So we're fifty fifty on wrestling in this room, and we're gonna give you some fun facts and history. Uh, about our experiences with wrestling, but what we wanted to do is start with uh, the article in the Nashville scene, and the reason being is because something very dear to uh, at least two of us in this room's hearts to, uh, today and over the last couple of weeks was the big announcement that they are pretty much demolishing all the buildings at the Tennessee State Fairgrounds to make room for things such as parking garages and, and stuff for uh, the new soccer stadium that's being built. It's I, I believe they start playing in, what, 2022? So we're you know three years out from our Major League Soccer team. They're talking about bringing NASCAR back to the Tennessee State Fairgrounds. And because of that, they are demolishing pretty much the original building that wrestling started. And we are talking uh, not for, for you know, Nashville. For well, for Nashville, yeah. Right, right. But we're and we're not talking like Greco-Roman wrestling or college wrestling here. We're talking about the original art of predetermined wrestling. Mm, I think I have researched the wrong subject for this. <laughs> <laughs> but that's Great. okay. I'll, I'll just freestyle it. Wait, so so you got college wrestling? Is that what you looked up? Uh, I looked up a lot of Olympic wrestling. That uh, one dude, Rowan Gardner, that beat that Russian guy. Was that yeah. saved by the bell? Mm, yep. Um, so the 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 fairgrounds, uh, you know, it's been kind of a, a widely debated topic for the last couple of years, and I specifically remember going to a um, 
the the flea market, which they hold at the fairgrounds at once a month. And mm-hmm. uh, there's been a tent there for two years, basically saying save the fairgrounds. It's like you know the people in Back to the Future that are trying to save the clock tower, but they're like save the fairgrounds. And then I they were so mad about it. I approached this tent one day, and he told me about this building that was behind him that was the you know, the original building of wrestling in Nashville. And from what I remember uh, about the Tennessee State Fairgrounds is, you know, obviously the Tennessee State Fairs are held every year. It's named after it. But what I remember as being a kid is growing up and going to like NASCAR races or not NASCAR, but stock car races there. Sure. My uncle raced there. Um, you know, it was a big thing for us kids. And right up the hill, you know, there were there was these wrestling matches going on that I had no idea was happening. And... When I was a kid or that age, I was definitely into wrestling at that point, and I'm surprised I didn't know about it. Quick uh, question here from uh, Charles Taylor King II. Sure. Did your <laughs> uncle race cars and then get out and then go wrestle? I wouldn't be surprised. He's How a big day. fella. Why yeah. haven't we heard more about this guy? What's his yeah, What's his handle? Uh, I don't know his handle. His name is uh, Bobby, and he used to race funny cars, and these were like stock cars with like chicken heads on the hood. Or like shark fins on the top I, of the car. I think those are called funny cars. I just said funny cars. Oh, did you? <laughs> did I think it's stock cars. Just stock cars with making them a funny with, car. Anyway, okay, okay, we're okay. here to talk about wrestling. So uh, at the very top, there's you know there was a building that uh, greeted visitors when when they climbed the hill, and it was home of, according to this article, the greatest wrestling in the history of the world. And what we want to do really quick is kind of go through. Um, this story about the scene and the the article. So yeah, so you're talking about that building, which I actually I was I looked at a picture of it. I go to the flea market a lot too, and I mean I didn't know wrestling was there growing up. But sure. Yeah, it's got a long history of wrestling there. I feel like I'm giving a presentation that I'm not prepared for. <laughs> I know. In the article, so they used to they used to wrestle at the old Hippodrome, which I would I did not look a picture of. Did y'all look at the old Hippodrome? No, but I remember. Wasn't there like a car dealership downtown called, called Hippodrome? Yes, right. That's it's a, off West End, so that it's a is reference. literally what I was thinking when I saw it. It's right. got, yeah, that's what old I thought Hippodrome. when I read this article as well. So it's got to be a reference to it, but I don't. I have no idea what the Hippodrome was. I imagine it was like uh, municipal, maybe. Yeah. Sounds cool. Yeah, it sounds pretty cool. So uh, that bad boy, that's where it kind of started out. And people were wrestling at the at the Ryman Auditorium, which I thought was pretty interesting, wrestling at church. They were. Uh, that actually preceded, you know, this this whole wrestling thing in Nashville. Um, they sold out the Ryman before the Grand Old Opry was even there, like 20 years before the Grand Old Opry even set foot in the Ryman. Right. And, and so, all right, so the article points something out that they're saying that wrestling had been in Nashville long before country music and that uh, we were this close, inches from being called the wrestling city instead of music city. And I'm glad you brought that up because at the beginning of this episode, normally what we do is we title the episode and you actually inspired my title this week. And I am actually going to call this episode wrestling city, USA. This is going to be a war. Yeah. And by that Jim Ross soundbite, you guys know that it is about to be on, on raising Nashville. (laughs) <laughs> if we, all right yes so in the 40s uh you know there were a couple of guys who started wrestling here in nashville one of them uh was already here in tennessee and i think one of them was from uh alabama and came up and actually started wrestling here in nashville this yeah that's the guy that the building's named for right nick 
Goulas. I'm going to say Goulas. Yeah, yeah Goulas is a good pronu- right. pronunciation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Nick Goulas was uh, what they said was the founding father of wrestling. Right. That's his. He was nickname. one. He was actually coined to be one of the first people to uh, to to create predetermined wrestling. Right. Which, which is where tur- you know what's going to happen before fixed you fights. go out. Only YouTube fixed Wait, fights. Yeah. Fixed fights. What? Uh, uh, you know well, what's going to happen before you go out to the ring. If you what? believe it, it's real. Like, it's, Absolutely. it's still real, you yeah, know. It is real. <laughs> so, back to the story. You know, after Nick Goulas creates this uh, whole thing. Hold with on. A, it's it's Goulas. Goulas. Nick yes. Goulas. You're calling him Goulash. And it's Goulas. <laughs> Making me hungry. Dude. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Nick Goulas. Uh, creates this whole thing with a partner um, who is much older than him. Then, you know, eventually, I think uh, he had to hire somebody else on, from what I remember. They uh, ended up hiring a woman named Teeny Jarrett, who you might recognize that name. Her son and uh, her grandson was in the WWF. His name was Jeff Jarrett. And he was, when did he wrestle? Like, uh, he graduated from Good Pasture High School in the mid '80s. Yes. Oh. Okay. And he started wrestling late '80s. You know, I think he went to college at um, what's the college off uh, that's downtown Belmont? The one of the TSU. David Lipscomb. <laughs> Not Lipscomb. <laughs> the Athens of the South. Come on, we got more. Uh, the one that uh, starts with a T. It's off of Rebecca. Uh, that's it. Trevecca. I, I could be wrong. I'm okay. probably wrong. Huh. We'll cut this out. But, but uh, no, he did. He played basketball in college for uh, a while. And then on the summers and when he wasn't at school, he would start to referee and then would start to wrestle. And then eventually, early 90s, 93 is when he went to WWE. And that's when people kind of figured out who he was. Lastly, kind of this argu- article, you know, in the mid 80s, what we know as wrestling, and we're all in similar age here. What we know as wrestling is Hulk Hogan, the big boom of the 1980s. And Andre the Giant. Yes. Ultimate Warrior. What that is is Vince McMahon coming through and buying up every single territory and going, I'm going to go national. Mm-hmm. Where, you know, Nick Goulas and Jerry Jarrett own the rights to this area. Well, you know, there's a gas station on every corner. Vince McMahon wants to compete. He comes through and he takes over. This essentially is what, honestly, what wrestling is today as what WWE is, just this national thing. So we grew up with that, but wrestling still continued at the fairgrounds right? and yep. still continued at the local level. So what you have essentially and what it, the promotion almost came to be was almost like a triple A or double A for wrestling. Yep. Macho Man Randy Savage wrestled in this territory. Um Stone Cold Steve Austin wrestled in this territory. I saw that like Andre the Giant came around. I mean, I know that's well. Andre a the Giant better. was like a traveling attraction. Yeah. And Vince McMahon Senior was his booking agent, so he'd be <laughs> like, "Okay, for the next two weeks, you're going to be wrestling in and around Nashville, doing local television, trying to draw people to this big Saturday night show where the attraction is usually a battle royal, and Andre the Giant's going over, which is work talk for winning." Yeah, he's gonna throw everybody out. So going over is winning, absolutely. Heel bad guy, babyface good guy. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, and also like we probably all remember Andre the Giant as a bad guy. Exactly. Like that's all. That's what he was in the eighties when he was like towards the end of his career. But back then he was like a good guy, right? Yeah. Which I always liked, like Andre the Giant as a good guy. Like I would pay money to like 
I guess, honestly, it goes either way. You would pay money to watch him wrestle like three people and like sure. throw them in the yeah, third row, sure. which is great. Sure. Okay. I almost would pay money the big bad giant. Like that's just a natural storyline. Like who's gonna defeat this right. big giant? Who but can take it? Yeah. Any yep. event. Um, going back to Jeff Jarrett. Jeff Jarrett. You know, as Vince McMahon acquires all these territories in the early '90s, he goes through what's called the steroid trial. He's gets caught with steroids. He's being charged with distributing steroids. And we're Jerry, talking about Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon. Because Vinny. he has the best thing on television. Exactly. So obviously there's some kind of performance enhancing drugs. So involved. just, it's just like to the, get uh, Bash Brothers. Exactly. <laughs> but just to give you a uh, kind of a look into how tight knit this organization was run, Jerry Jarrett, who's Jeff Jarrett's dad, was actually pinned if Vince McMahon was to go to jail for distributing steroids to wrestlers. Jerry Jarrett was in line to run his run WWE. Like yeah. it's like he was pretty much hired for creative, yeah. but he's told, "Hey, if I go to jail, you're in charge." So that huh. so if that would have happened, and we're looking at an alternative timeline here, if that would have happened, Jeff Jarrett would have gone from like two foot old Hickory Lake Sea dude to like Jeff Jarrett yacht. Oh, like I mean, absolutely, and all that took <laughs> there, was there might a, be a, a turnover of that truck. Obviously, Vince McMahon didn't go to jail. Uh, you know takes over the world, eventually crushes his main competitor, WCW. But Jeff Jarrett has still got this promoter's mentality in him. He starts a rival, somewhat rivals the stretch, but starts a company called TNA, which stands for not that not TNA. Ass. Not Not that one. No. Total nonstop action, which to me sounds worse. It, it does that make does. sense? It, it, it sounds like a yeah. movie Dolph Lundgren would be in. Total nonstop action. Well, and it just seems like the first law of the action, you're like, well, this was a lie. <laughs> as soon as someone's at work, the action is stopped. This is terrible. Any event, he continues with TNA. Obviously, he ends up selling part of it to a woman named, like, this is her real name, Dixie Carter. <laughs> Still owns that. Still owns a real name. Because is that not the most Nashville? I feel like the uh, General Jackson could have been called the Dixie Carter, and it sounds exactly the same. I feel like that was the name of the lady from Designing Women. Am I wrong about that? Like, I swear to God, there was a lady on there named. I really, I really hope that's not her name. Like, somebody's gonna fact check us and be like, "No, her name's like Annabelle Smith." And we're not known for like really checking our facts on this podcast. (laughs) Not at all. (laughs) Neither am I. Um. Obviously, uh, they had the 70th anniversary of the NWA show last year that was Cody Rhodes. Uh, Actually, he won the NWA title that his father won at an event in Chicago, which leads to a kind of separate wrestling promotion called AEW, which is happening now. Which is all the rage right now for all you wrestling fans. And you know exactly what we're talking about. Yeah. All elite wrestling. It's Uh, it's supposed to... What? It's the new... I don't know what the kids like these days. No, um, it's, it's like the new WCW. It's who's going to yes, compete yeah. with well, the WWE obviously, but for it's, the future. It's very trendy right now, and you know, a year from now, we could be like they could be crushing WWE in the ratings. It's a, it looks like now that they will have WWE for the first time in twenty years will have an actual worthy competitor. That's that's great, actually. Oh, it's great for the wrestler. It's great. Yeah, oh, which perfectly segues yeah. to the end of this article because uh, I mean. You know, WWE came in and kind of not disbanded, but pushed uh, NWA. Is that right? Yes, National Wrestling Alliance. Yeah, I always think of something else, but they pushed them to <laughs> so the, the bottom. Yeah, yeah. So everybody knows WWE. Uh, you know, it's been huge since we were kids. It's been huge since the mid '80s. 
But just know out there that this uh, article exists. We encourage you to go read it by J.R. Lynn. It's called The Greatest Wrestling in the History of the World. Uh, in the Nashville scene, find it on the NashvilleScene.com. It really gives you an insight that the fact that wrestling's foundation was almost started and built here in Music City. Or Wrestling City, sorry. Can I tell my Jeff Jarrett story now? Does it involve cocaine? Or no. does it no. involve two oh, foot? Well, maybe. No. It does not involve two foot. It could involve cocaine. It wasn't there. Does it All involve right. Kid Rock's bar? No. <laughs> okay. But this is, it gets very Nashville because I'm about to say a specific day and we all know um, a certain sports figure who passed away on that day. It July is 4th, Ju- Steve McNair. Yes. But this is July 3rd, the night before, where I saw Steve McNair at Losers. Okay. Oh, guess also who else I saw? Jeff Jarrett. One J. Jeff Jarrett, double J, sitting right at the bar. Not You see Jeff Jarrett. Google a picture of Jeff Jarrett right now. I'll wait. Oh, yeah. Guess what? <laughs> that guy is sitting at the bar right now having drinks. It's losers. The band's right there. It's full of smoke. Having a good old time. Well, a friend of mine walks up to him. Now, Jeff Jarrett is known for this strut. Oh, yeah. Which you read in this article, the originator is the Fargo strut. A friend of mine who's obviously had some drinks <laughs> does, literally as Jeff Jarrett is on the far wall of this bar, does the Fargo strut. Literally struts in front of him, puts two fingers up, and is going to stand up and do the big Jeff Jarrett this. As he's going to do it, Jeff Jarrett stops him mid-sentence, looks at him and goes, Hey, calm the fuck down. <laughs> <laughs> I lose it. That is that's great. actually a great story. And that, that's a PSA for all of you people out there in Nashville. And maybe you're new to Nashville. Don't go up or don't don't, don't, don't hassle, don't hassle the, the talent here in town. Don't do it. That's what keeps us unique. Speaking of just the correlation of wrestling in Nashville. So when he came to WWFE, whatever, in 1993, they filmed all these what they call vignettes. And it's just, it's, you want to see what Nashville and Broadway looked like in 1993, watch these vignettes. They're on YouTube, get the network. It's him and the country. They build him as the world's greatest country singer. He couldn't sing it. (laughs) It's like a honky talk man. Yes, but he can't sing at all. Mm. But it's him at Tootsie's. It's him at the stage. It's him at the Country Music Hall of Fame. And it's, it's actually quite entertaining because you live in Nashville now and you're like, well, that building's not there anymore. But yep. right. we'll look that up. That's funny. All right. So now that we've covered that, uh, what we want to get into is uh, some fun stuff here on Raising Nashville where we are fans of wrestling. And whether we are reinvented fans, whether we went away for a little bit or whether we've been lifelong fans from day one and have never stopped, you know, wrestling is a big thing. You know, our wives are out there watching shows like uh, on E or Real Housewives or whatever. I'm watching wrestling because it's entertainment for me. And some people out there, you know, the lifelong story of, oh, it's fake. You know, who cares? It is quality television. It's a male soap opera. And That's let, all it is. Let me and pre- it's always new. That's one thing you got to give it. It's like always continuing storylines. That's true. Um, so those writers are, you know, they should be paid very well. Because There's, they kind of keep this going. There is no season finale. Like, no, yeah, no. Right. It, it never it's stops. It happens break. every single week of the year. And uh, before we get into this next section, which we're going to talk about a couple of things, uh, including, you know, best wrestler of all time, in your opinion, theme music, and then we're going to have some real fun on the podcast. Um, I want to precede this next section of Raising Nashville by saying, 
all four of the guys you hear on this podcast have attended a WrestleMania. And that is oh, a wow, big deal. Oh, wow, that's true. Yeah. I yeah. didn't even think about that. It's a big deal. It's like the Super Bowl of this sport. And I remember being a kid and being like, WrestleMania, I will never get there. Now, when you're in your late 30s and you can actually spend the money on it, I've now been three times in a row. Um, are, we, are we counting the last one? I don't know if we're counting the last one. <laughs> So like year after year, it was you looking up at that sign, yeah, but not getting there. <laughs> it's, just not, it's not. And now we're there. That happened the last year. MetLife Stadium in New York. You suck. I very uh, much. Yeah, I we wasted are not a fans. lot of money on you. All right. So, but Legends Bar in uh, Midtown, you rock. Yeah, there you go. Midtown, New York, Legends Bar. Hey, um, so does anybody in the room remember their first? experience with wrestling or your history of it because when i was thinking about this and i actually wrote this down i don't remember like somehow i woke up just liking wrestling and i don't remember the day i liked it the event i liked it the time i saw it on tv maybe it was my mom sitting me in front of the tv on saturday nights and watching wrestling and maybe she was into it i don't know i should probably ask but i don't remember the day i was just a wrestling fan like from day one of my existence on earth according to myself yeah i found out about it through somebody at school uh one of my buddies like turned me on to it and then we would like watch it like you said watch it on saturday nights we'd have a sleepover or something or whatever because back then like i don't know if you guys remember sometimes wwf wrestling would preempt saturday night live they like wouldn't show saturday night live they'd show wrestling instead because saturday night live was getting such bad ratings Yes. Oh. So here comes the historian part. <laughs> and, okay. Uh, yes. That's why we bring you yeah, in. WrestleMania one was March of '85, and wrestling's at this fever. This is the height of Hulk Hogan, Rock and Roll Connection. You know, Captain Lou Albano, Cindy Lauper's girls just want to have fun. Any event, wrestling was so popular that NBC one Saturday every month, and starting in May of '85, had what's called Saturday Night's Main Event. Okay, and then that yeah. became so popular that in 88, 89, one night during the week, wrestling came back to prime time television, and Friday night would be the main event. Sure. So, hmm. and that's, I mean, that's how big it is. I mean, what, what did you say that segment was called? Saturday night's main event. Main event. And that was an arcade game in the 80s. Oh, I remember yeah. that too. Yeah. How many nights a week is wrestling on prime time now? Oh, gosh. Um, Every night now. Monday Night Raw, Tuesday Night SmackDown. If you have the network, you can watch NXT live on Wednesday. Thursdays, you're, you know, if you have the network, you watch it all. But as far as like cable, right. it would just be Monday and Tuesday. Monday and Tuesday. Friday. Unless you get to what? the lower levels, like Ring of Honor wrestling. Yeah. And all that and I, mean, stuff. I thought they had Friday night. Did they move that? That Friday night got moved to Tuesday night. To, so okay. when you're thinking Friday night, that was taped on Tuesday and then shown. On Friday. On Friday. Gotcha. Yeah. Now they're gotcha. both live Monday and Tuesday. Ooh. All right. Which, cool. if you got a pay-per-view on Sunday, it's Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. It's a lot. So, anyway, uh, you know, that's how I was exposed to it, I feel like, was watching it on television. But I'll tell you one thing that, like, just set it in stone for me. I was in maybe fourth or fifth grade. Uh, I was in elementary school. Back when it was called elementary school. I'm not sure what it's called now. Yep. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's a good boy. Yeah, it's high school. It's all high school. Anyway, we got tickets to just like a house show that was at Rupp Arena because I was li- I lived in Lexington. Oh, man. And we got seats on the floor, like the fifth row, like from the ring or whatever. And we were right next to where the wrestlers walk out. So it was oh, like yeah. I got to walk over to so the gate good. and like 
gets you know slap a five of like all these different wrestlers. So much sweat. And so much sweat. And <laughs> and I remember like the headliner. <laughs> the headliner. Speaking of sweat, the headliner was Debo from Friday. Like he was like hyping oh up God. to like you rest, to see wrestle no whole Juice Box. How come we never talked about this? By the way, this I is don't great. Know, man, Keep talking. We never. We <laughs> yeah. Anyway, he get just he didn't even wrestle anybody. He just gets in the ring. And it's just like shit talking Hulk Hogan and everybody's just booing him and just like so mad. And then he walks back and I just still walk over there. I'm like, I got to slap five with Diva with uh, Zeus. 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 Zeus from No Holds Barred, which is a great 80s movie. Actually, it's not that great. So it's it's very entertaining. It's it's no suburban commando. All right. A little more Nashville history. So around that time, uh, No Holds Barred comes out in May of 89. Obviously, it does amazing. Psych. It's a flop. But Vince has a genius idea for around Christmas time to release a pay-per-view slash movie. No holds bar. The match. The movie. Where was that filmed? Oh, it was filmed at Municipal Auditorium in Nashville, Tennessee. Now, it is Hulk Hogan and Brutus the Barber Beefcake in a steel cage max for Zeus Macho Man Randy Savage and Sensational Queen Cherry. Yes. The hairs on my arm are standing up, John. My mom ordered that pay-per-view for us. Holy Man, shit. And good. you can still find that on the WWE Network. Is that right? Uh, maybe. I mean, I you know, I never I mean you can still find yeah. WrestleCade like eighty nine, the the historic oh, well, Ric Flair, Ricky Steamboat Wrestle match War, that was Wrestle War that which, was uh, uh, municipal. The author of our article released a smaller article because it's the thirty year anniversary, May fifth. I want to say May 5th, but that's my wedding anniversary. I'm sorry, honey. It might be May 5th. <laughs> <laughs> it might be May 5th, 1989, which is some people consider the greatest wrestling match ever. It's uh, Ric Flair, Ricky Steamboat, their final in a series of three that they had that spring. Uh, Jim Cornette has said, I'm going to butcher this, but it's the height of being a sport that's entertaining versus being an entertaining sport. Like you still thought two guys were actually wrestling for something, but yet you could still see the entertainment value. And sure. I'm butchering that quote. Look that quote up, but that's what they call that. That doesn't matter. I mean, that's powerful. Yeah, yeah, so, that, I mean, good. that's our history of wrestling. Now I want to kind of have some fun with the podcast. For all you wrestling fans out there, we know you have yours, but we all have ours, and we're going to let you know right now. Uh, and I'm just going to throw it around the room, whoever wants to go first on this. Who is the best wrestler of all time and why? Rowdy Rowdy Piper. All right, why? Because he was just the most entertaining madman that, uh, I don't know, that I watched back in my heyday. He did. He played both sides of the field. He played babyface and heel a lot, right? Yeah. Rosie. He was an insane heel. Oh, he, he was great. He was he's, a crazy person. If Hulk Hogan's Superman, he's Lex Luthor. He's, <laughs> okay. he's the Joker, whatever it is. he was. And without that, you don't have WrestleMania 1. You don't have Saturday Night's main event. He's very can, much a cog in that. I True. can remember a time in, was, I guess it was maybe in the 80s, and this maybe even like scrubbed from the existence now, but he fought a dude named Bad News Brown, and he came oh, out yeah. oh, and painted half of his body black and half of his body <laughs> oh, white. That like, is, he went half blackface for the batch. That yeah. is WrestleMania six. And if you watch, <laughs> you watch the promo for that. First off, you could never ever dude, get away with any of this. <laughs> and I remember seeing it as a kid and thinking, like, I think this is wrong. Yeah. But I was eight years old and was like, I think this is a bit much. Yeah. But the promo he does leading into the match, he's got one half and he's looking at Mean Gene and he goes, yeah, you can say I'm the hot rod, but some folks call me. And then he turns around, 
whole body's solid black calls me the hot scott and then he starts disco dancing and oh it's God. it's uncomfortable slash okay it's genius slash uncomfortable how about that it's right yeah i'm i'm encourage you to go watching it yeah to go I'm and watch to go it back out. Yeah. i'm gonna have to go so back out drugs i can imagine all right old boy best wrestler ever and why um i really like dusty Rhodes um okay. for just many reasons which i think we're probably going to cover here in a second his theme song is his badass uh for a big <laughs> man he can move dude yeah. and He's he uh also gave birth to uh your favorite gold wrestler dust. of all time gold dust yeah yeah um he's he's just great dude that lisp is fantastic baby he's actually had a pretty significant <laughs> he did have a big lisp uh who was the who was his girl is it sherry sweet sapphire baby the sapphire yeah that's right come sapphire. on buggy now baby yeah uh yeah. sapphire and then he did birth gold dust and he also birthed cody rhodes who's kind of the face of this new franchise coming up so yeah. very successful family uh but he didn't live very long right no he, he, uh, he lived, he lived in his 60s yeah did he okay I want to say he passed away at 69, which makes him even more cooler because I'm a child, apparently. Okay. Hey, so, just don't fact check it. It's true. <laughs> yeah, I'm a historian, apparently, on this podcast. All right. Charles Taylor King II. We're going to say who's the best wrestler of all time and why. All right. The best wrestler of all time is Ric Flair. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to tell you why. Oh, okay. That's right. That's <laughs> Slow right. down. Because how do you judge any athlete, let's say a baseball player, are they a five-tool guy? Rick Flair's a five tool guy. He's got the looks. He looks like he looks important. I don't sure. know why. His interview, without a doubt, is entertaining. You have um, rappers, any anybody, pro athletes, anybody with any sort of influence right now quotes him as a influence. <laughs> ring ring skills, athleticism. He can go. It's, you know, he wrestled every night for sixty minutes against the, whoever the most popular guy was in Muskogee. He had to wrestle him, and he had to make him look good for sixty minutes. And then he'd come back a month later and do it again. Yep. Also, I think that goes into the fourth part, which is dancing. You got to have a good dance <laughs> part. <laughs> yes, he was a great ballroom dancer, yeah. Ric Flair. But you got to be able, no matter, say this guy's a terrible wrestler. Well, I'm going to make him look like a million dollars. That's right. So you got to sell. You got to sell it. That is the fifth point there, okay. Bucky. Sell tickets. Put an ass in the seat. They say if you can put an ass every 18 inches, can you sell them out? Can you talk them in the building? That's the bottom line. If you can do that, it doesn't matter. You could be 900 pounds. You could talk them in the building. You're good. Uh, I'm going to say the best wrestler of all time is just a given, and it is, uh, it's obvious. It's Stone Cold Steve Austin. Ooh, I mean, good. he was the king of the <laughs> Attitude Era, which really yeah. brought a lot of us into wrestling. I mean, when I was a kid, you know, I loved wrestling the Hulk Hogan years, the Macho Man's the Ultimate Warriors, you know, all of these people, but the Attitude Era was a staple of the WWF. So... I was born in the early 80s. Gentlemen here, we're all born early 80s. You get into wrestling as a child. It's it's cartoony. It's Hulk Hogan. Sure. And then as you know, you get into 12, 13 years old, you're like, oh, that's for, for, for kids. I don't like that. Yep. Well, what brought you back? You well, I'm pretty sure it was a guy slamming beers and flipping off people and yeah. beating the crap out of his boss and driving monster trucks to the ring. I was like, wow, I think that guy's pretty cool. There is absolutely no better storyline than him versus Vince McMahon. Like, Beating up your boss is like ninety percent of people. Uh, what we all want to do. Yeah, but, absolutely. But a good chunk of the population definitely wants to beat up. Has boss. that fantasy? Like, yeah. yeah. Well, how, exactly. about, how about we beat him up and then we drink beers 
and pour beers on him. As yeah. We do. yeah. <laughs> I mean, let's take it and to then, the next and then level. I, and then I leave the ring in a monster truck, and then I go to the next town, and I do it all again. Yeah. That's right. It, you're, it, it's a great fantasy. That's the actually, American really dream, baby. Yeah, right that there. is. It was great. And if <laughs> I can, we should switch his name. <laughs> all right. So that those were our best wrestlers of all time. Who you got? Let us know out there. Uh, hit us up on Instagram and stuff. Now, all right. So can go- I tell my story about how I got into wrestling? I guess. A friend of mine growing up, he was uh, – he got spanked, but he switched out a wrestling buddy <laughs> <laughs> who took the whooping. So I was like, what is it? Tell me more about this wrestling buddy. So I, I go out, I spend my allowance money on a wrestling buddy, and every time I was supposed to get whooped, I just replaced it with that wrestling buddy. But anyway, that's what got me into wrestling as a child. So that's uh, th- thank you for letting me share it's that. It's good Sorry. to know. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm glad we came yeah, back no, to that. No problem. So along with the best wrestler of all time – comes what the biggest thing of that match which is their entrance and this is what builds it this is what people get behind i mean today they're they're called pops and when music comes on the crowd goes crazy because your favorite wrestler or your favorite heel or whoever is there and they're going to come down to some incredible theme music which is you know been created for them so what we want to do is best wrestler theme music and why and I'm going to let Juicebox start on this one. Okay, I did not pick Roddy Roddy Piper's theme music for this. Too many bagpipes. Yeah, too much bagpipes. I, I just started to think of like who has one of the most epic openings, and it was... I mean, you already get chills. I mean, it's just like you think about the... Uh, the stage and all the uh, the fog on the stage and everything it's all just blacked out like it's just it's the whole thing it's not the song just in itself it's the whole intro and if and if you see it live it's unreal okay so mine is gonna be <laughs> oh yeah we're talking million dollar man we're talking wrestling buddy when I was a kid Everybody's got a price. If you haven't seen the video to this, please go out there. I hated the Million Dollar Man so much. He was such a great heel because I hated him so much. Best laugh ever. Now, what I was mistaken on that theme song, though, is when I was, for some reason, I was thinking back on it. I said, best wrestling theme song is Million Dollar Man because it goes, money, 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 money. I guess the OJ's, right? That's Shane McMahon. Do you know whose theme song that is? Do you know the theme? Yep. Oh, Whoa. yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, who's next? I'll, I'll see myself out. <laughs> My favorite is this. Just listen. You'll know why. American oh. I'm getting hyped. Dream. He's just a common man. This is so badass. This is something I would go see on the weekend. Right? Yeah. This is like playing bass and east on Friday. Yeah. <laughs> Me going to my second job montage. <laughs> no, you always told me it was driving down the street in a Cadillac and you got out and you were like, point to the side. Just so if you don't know, that's Dusty Rhodes theme music. Uh, it, uh, yeah, absolutely incredible. Yeah. I mean, I think it, it could be the best. My ringtone? It should, yeah. I mean, uh, music, musically, it's the best so far. Okay, no, that's musically. true. All right, so mine, originally what I chose is what led off this podcast, but mine is... 
Yep, that is definitely. I'm about to. Yeah. Oh, the little That, that is rope grabbing, head banging. Yeah. You. Everybody should know what that is. I'm just shaking, like yeah. thinking about it. Wanted to come back from like a, 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 a hand grip move. <laughs> just the claw. That, Someone's yeah. got the claw on you. You come off that. My true story of my introduction to wrestling it had to do with a friend of mine who was crying because Hulk Hogan lost to Ultimate Warrior. Yeah. I was like, are you related to Hulk Hogan? Oh, man. Dude, <laughs> did you look at my paper? No. Literally my first experience or first thing you remember of wrestling. One was renting the tapes, like always Saturday morning, and then, you know, my mom, single mom, she dropped me off my grandparents and would drop me off. I'd go rent tapes, but my nana had a friend of hers who worked at the factory and recorded gosh that sounds like 1888 um they worked recorded it for me showed it to me the next week and yes i bawled crying when ultimate warrior beat hulk hogan april 1st 1990 wrestlemania 6 sky dome toronto well hulk hogan's the biggest baby face ever right i mean it's that that's it's the passing yeah. of the torch all right so so of those yeah. four wrestle uh, like wrestling theme songs you know you've got Undertaker, you know, production value, the the big pop, uh, million dollar man. You've got Dusty Rhodes, and you've got wait, what did we just hear? Ultimate, Ultimate Warrior. Warrior. <laughs> Ultimate Warrior. Uh, Obviously, very memorable. I mean, I, who do you guys think is the best one? After hearing it one more time, I still think I Dusty know, Rhodes. Yeah, I don't think I, I know it's mine. Uh, yeah, I, I'm gonna have to go with that. I you mean, wanna, you want to know what's great about all four? Written by the same guy. I was gonna say, I bet, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Damn, that All guy's that guy's got some uh, Jim Johnston. Yeah, yeah. Damn, Damn. Yeah. he's got some chops. <laughs> All right, so another thing that we wanted to do and make it really fun is uh, what I enlisted these guys to do this week was to go on a certain website. Um, is you guys, this is the most homework we've ever had to do for this podcast. Because I'm an asshole, and, and I really was excited and, and about some this people, episode. Some people did it better than others. <laughs> <laughs> so what we're going to do, there is a website out there called NameGeneratorFun.com, and you can go in there and type in your name, your God-given name, and it will create your own wrestling name. And I did this, and I asked the other guys in the podcast to do this, but I also thought, well, if because mine was so terrible when I pulled it up, I was like, well, why don't we just create our own names and compare them to our generated names from this website? Again, you can go out there, namegeneratorfun.com. I'm just going to go ahead and lead it off. Uh, the name I was given was Kurt Loverboy Henderson. That It gave me the same name. <laughs> Really? Are you no. serious? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> you just scared me. This is a bust. So, Kurt Loverboy Henderson, and I am a face known for excellent fundamentals, and my finishing move is the double slam. It's like the most boring common wrestler what I could ever imagine. What is the double slam? I don't know. I guess it's slamming somebody and picking them up and slamming them again. No, you slam two people at once. Uh, okay, the double slam. So, I don't know. Mine was actually kind of funny. I feel like it's... Zach, the Maharaja Kim. I am a cruiserweight from. I'm a tag cruiserweight from parts unknown. I'm a heel known for a tabloid scandal after I was caught being a racist. What? <laughs> oh my God! Now. Wait, is it are, is it Zach or Zach? It's Zach. Ooh. It's not a Zach. 
my fitting. Well, my, no one's beating that. My so. finishing move is the turnaround crush. Oh God! Wow. A, ra- a racist. You're a racist. Right? My Raja Kim. Those are three different. <laughs> those are three. Yeah, that's somebody got you on tape doing something. I, I don't know, man. I got a weird they name just, to. Generate. They knew you were recording this podcast. You had to read that description. All right, mine is a Gabriel Creme Brulee Diaz. <laughs> I am a singles dessert. Single, yeah, I am a singles cruiserweight from Mississippi. Okay, I'm a face that's known for breaking out into rap music, mm. and my finishing move is the Berserker Punch. And uh, I'm currently working at Home Depot because I didn't sell any tickets because that's terrible. <laughs> Wait, so you're named after a dessert and you rap? I, I'm named after a French dessert, but I'm Hispanic and I'm from Mississippi <laughs> and I rap. And my finishing move is some type of Viking punch. So I'm the only All-American so far. Um, old boy, what you got? I'm from Mississippi. I don't know where you're, where you're trying to go. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I was going to say, maybe you're the racist. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, I was naturally against this, but I, I did it. Uh, my, mine was, my name is Jules Skullmaster Lee. I'm a singles heavyweight from Rhode Island, which is pretty exciting. And I'm a face known for my smack talk. And my finishing move is the midair rush. But before I did that, I did it wrong. And I accidentally picked out a roller derby name on accident, which is Monkey Flesh Hacker, which is a lot better. Uh, A.K.A. the face Nasher. 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 So with that being said and out there, those are our generated names we wanted to create our own names for ourselves and our own wrestlers and i think we're gonna have a lot of fun with this because none of us know what each person has decided to do this will be the first time you hear it in this podcast that we are about to hear what every wrestler is uh does anybody want to go first what do we go first oh go ahead my guy's name is uh or my wrestling name is beefcake itchy cute <laughs> <laughs> Damn, oh, we're gonna need good. a description of beefcake Ichiku. Uh, I look kind of like myself. I have long hair and a scraggly beard, and uh, I'm a heel. And I listen to a lot of Blue Oyster Cult. <laughs> Damn, that's so he's a beefcake bad time. I will I mean, that's... pay money to see him get his ass whooped. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I might dust you up with bad acid. Watch out! Oh God! Uh, my wrestler name is. Studs McFuckingsworth. <laughs> He's a heel. You can use that. He's a heel. They can beep that out. There's a delay. He Every talks time you think, wrestle. Think Jimmy Hart. Like I'm just a mouthpiece. I got a megaphone. I'm yelling at people. I'm lifting up skirts. I'm. <laughs> so you're like the most offensive wrestler. I'm flirting with the attendees. I'm. <laughs> That's just that's who that's who my guy is. Is that an act or is that real life? It's based on real life. <laughs> Mick, what's your wrestler's name? Yeah. <laughs> it's funny you ask. Uh, my wrestler's name. So I wanted to throw it back to like the old school fall guys, uh, the guys you just sent out there to lose matches to pump other people up. And I, my wrestler is closely inspired by one of my favorite fall guys of all time, the Repo Man. So I'm actually calling myself 
Uh, was he your wrestling buddy? He was. He was. He <laughs> did you have a wrestling buddy. He did not have a wrestling buddy. <laughs> oh, you oh, stole him. <laughs> you had to put oh. him on payments, and then someone came and got him. So my my wrestling persona and name would be Trash Man. Before you get into it, again, he's a fall guy. I've got an idea for this, right? Trash mm-hmm. Man, hear me out. Here's his theme music. It breaks open. It says, bitch, I live in a fucking trash can by Dave Chappelle. And then the music, I still believe, by Tim Capello, better known as the sax player from the Lost Boys, starts playing. And I come down with a metal trash can. Like one of those little trash cans, like garbage the or Wait, the Oscar, Oscar the Grouch yeah, yeah, trash we, can. Okay. Right. And uh, my finishing moves, one would be a submission move. It'd be called the compactor. <laughs> Okay. All right. And then my second finishing move would be the dump. <laughs> what that is, is a double flip off the top rope where I land butt down on the chest of the opponent for the one, two, three. Okay. And then, a double flip. You're thinking a lot of yourself. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. So you guys in shape. So in this scenario, because <laughs> I, I was really picturing something different now. So. A so, fit garbage man. <laughs> so after you pin your opponent, one, two, three, do you like sprinkle trash on them and then like leave? I get the trash okay. can off the okay. side. It's full I, of trash. That's a I very, dump it on them. It's a very 80s wrestler. Okay. I'm with it. I can yeah. dig it. Didn't I that had, happen on Always Sunny in Philadelphia? Is that? <laughs> Wait, I didn't just plagiarize did you? that. I, no, no, I didn't. But you I created did, that. But you did plagiarize Duke the Dumpster Drozzy, who was a garbage man that Vince mm. had in the mid-90s. I did not know that. Shortly after I did Repo not know Man. That. Carried... A garbage can down to the ring. Mm. Yes. Duke oh, the yeah. Dumpster Drozzy. Okay. Yeah, so maybe, my inspirations yeah. were Repo Man and Junkyard Dog mixed together. And it wasn't... I don't know who that is. I didn't watch <laughs> yes. Thursday Night Wrestling <laughs> in the 90s. Okay. Is it my turn? Show this. Oh, yeah. Because I totally flubbed this. And I thought we were doing like wrestling name your choice so i just made wrestling names off my name which was kind of spoken in the beginning so if you were going to be my name it would be charles the wrestling machine king which i would wear a singlet very similar to kurt angle or i would be charles the sex machine king very similar to rick rude heartbreak kid Shawn michaels or charles the fighting machine king I could be all these things. Yes, it's very boring. I, 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 we just I'm we're into, understanding I, 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 I that like you're, this. you're a machine. I like this. I like this. I forgot. HBK's got some good theme music too. There you go. I'm just a sexy boy. Yeah, I'm just a sexy also, boy. Also, yes, he also to... has his six pack. <laughs> a six what? pack of garbage cans. Yes. <laughs> well, I mean, we we've had fun with you know just spitballing wrestling. You know, we started with the history of wrestling in Nashville and kind of go went through some of our things. Um, just for you guys out there to know. Uh, the reason we brought Charles Taylor King in the, the second in um, is because we actually started something that got us all back into wrestling about uh, 10 years ago, actually, coming up this year in 2020, um, is the Royal Rumble event. You know, it's part of the big four events that happen every year, WrestleMania, SummerSlam, Royal Rumble. What's the fourth? Uh, Survivor Series. Survivor Series. Series. Yeah, so... Um, those are the original four. We get together at the Royal Rumble in a bar in East Nashville. I'll go ahead and shout it out. Beyond the Edge has hosted us the last few years. They've been absolutely great. 
Um, we have a great event out there. We put it on every year, and it kind of got started by Char- Charles. Or we call him Charlie. So uh, it got started by him, and it originated with like you know six people in a living room, and now it's grown to this thing where you know I think last year we had sixty people in a bar. Easily, yeah. I yeah. mean, just screaming and yelling, and it's a fun time. We have balloon drops, we have trophies, we have you know plaques, we have giveaways. We it's nothing but drinking and having a great time. Second Christmas. Hey. Yep. Yeah, and better and, Christmas, and better, also better than the Super Bowl for ten years. I mean, the winner of the Royal Rumble takes home a, a very large cash prize, like a five foot trophy. You get yeah. your name on a plaque, you get a belt, um, and I am one of the recipients of that. Uh, I knew this you know, was award, coming. and you know, Juice Box and Old Boy have also won the Royal Rumble in the yep. ten years we've been doing it. So you're looking at three of the seven winners, Charles. Yes. It's still waiting for his. I sure am. And he created this event. And, you know, the the more it grows, the worse the percentages are getting that you're going <laughs> to win this. Uh, it's Charlie. a fun event. Um, so if you're in town in Nashville on the Royal Rumble and you remember this podcast because it probably came out last <laughs> summer, or if you're listening to it now and you're just now discovering us, you know, we'll be up beyond the edge more than likely on Sunday of in, Royal Rumble. In I'll, January, yeah. I'll, I'll be the one in the back room just like Macho Man Randy Savage getting wildly drunk after I lose because post-Royal Rumble depression is a real thing, guys, and it yep. sucks. It really is. Oh, man, but that elation when you lift that trophy. <sighs> when you win, man, it is something. Side note, when Juicebox won, I finished second. Yeah, and that's I did. The closest. I felt a little bad about that. <laughs> you didn't yeah. feel bad. You shouldn't feel bad at all because you won. <laughs> well, that no, I felt tough. great about that. <laughs> Nobody can ever take that away from you. No. Oh, yeah. That was great. Um, Even the second, I was, I was happy. So, I wasn't at all, but still. So th- <laughs> that is ultimately our wrestling podcast this week. Um, what I wanted to do before we left is um, give a couple of shout outs to some things in Nashville. If you are a wrestling fan to kind of search out. And uh, one of them is an event that happens at the basement East, right? Yes. And it's once a month. Is that correct? Yes. What's it called? Uh, Southern underground pro wrestling, Southern underground pro wrestling. It's going to give you an idea of like kind of how wrestling started and some of the smaller venues. Uh, it happens at the basement East and I'm actually attending my first one next month is in right? July. In yes. July. Yeah. So, um, we're, we're excited about that to kind of go there. It's, it happens on Sunday afternoons. Also, uh, if you're awake very early, like we are with children, uh, on Sunday mornings, I think it's 6 a.m., 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. on Sunday mornings is Squared Circle Radio on 104.5 The Zone. And to me, it's one of the best radio shows on. Some of the guys who are on the main shows on 104.5 get together and talk about wrestling once a week for a couple of hours on That's Sunday cool. mornings. It, it really is. And they kind of go in depth and they're way better than we are on this podcast. So if you get a chance, go out to listen to them. Shout out to Square Circle Radio. Before we get out of here, and we've been kind of doing this the last few weeks, is do we have any updates based on past podcasts? Oh, I forgot. Um, yeah, my mom told me I cussed too much. <laughs> okay. So I, she called me today. She's like, hey, you know, do you think you can clean up your language a little bit? So I was like, yeah, I'll try. And then she also said, hey, you should have me on because I want to I want to uh, correct some of your information. And <laughs> I thought like checker. I thought like what? Uh, so then she started I have two stories to fact check. If we have time, go ahead. Do you? So yeah. she we started don't telling fa- me. We don't fact check. We don't. <laughs> okay. we, we're, we're Fair very, no fact checking. But she she tried to tell me I, that some of my information was wrong, which I 
think I corrected her. So <laughs> okay, I think. But anyway, I thought it was interesting. But yeah, I, I cuss too much. Also. Based on that, do I have to clean up my language? No, no, no. I had nothing to do with you. I don't think. Okay. She pays too much attention to that. Jay, if you're listening, shout out to you. We'll get an old boy. We'll get to, you on there. Yeah, we'll get, we'll you, get on you on here. here and we'll get old boy to clean it up. I mean, he needs to get his mouth been, out of the gutter anyway. I've been trying. Yep. I have one story to leave us with. Okay. When me and old boy here went to a sold out Monday Night Raw in 2013, it was headlined by Dwayne The Rock Johnson. That's right. He told a story about Nashville that sure. you can find from grainy cell phone video on YouTube. You sure can. Yeah. About Who's cell phone video? Uh, just just a cell phone. Oh, okay. WWE Nashville gotcha. 2013. Um, and the story goes that The Rock, this I'm almost positive was off air when he told this story, but The Rock spent his freshman year of high school here in Nashville. Okay. Yep. Oh boy, where did he go to high school at? He went to McGavick. No. Show did. Is that, yeah, a pu- yeah. is that a public school? Did he graduate? That is a public school, isn't Dang. it? That is a public school. Stay. The Rock went to. So stay. go to public school. You'll end up like The Rock. Yep. Yeah, and only stay, for, only also, stay for ninth grade. <laughs> only, stay for, <laughs> only stay for ninth grade. And then he told a story about how he bought a car off what he described as a crackhead in the alley between the Ryman and Tootsies in the stage, which I was like, that is the most Nashville story I've ever heard. But he ended up leaving, went to uh, Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, where he finished high school, top recruit, went to the University of Miami. And you know the story from there, played football. We're we're talking about The Rock. Well, we want to thank uh, our local wrestling historian, Charles Taylor King, for coming on Raising Nashville today. Thank you, Charlie. It's a pleasure to be here, gentlemen. It was awesome kind of talking with you about wrestling this week. We know it's near and dear to your heart. It is to mine. And we hopefully did, hopefully people out there that are listening, um, if you get a chance, you know, go on our social medias, like our page, like our, uh, we put up plenty of, uh, posts and feel free to like those. Feel free to reach out to us, uh, find our podcast, us, listen to it, go to past episodes. We've got some pretty interesting stuff. Yeah. Give us some suggestions. Yeah. Tell us this. We suck or, you know, you guys, you guys don't suck podcast. I feel amazing. like this podcast like is for very specific. The people that are still hanging on are like a very certain type of people. <laughs> I don't know, man. I think we got a I think we're uh, we've got a wide variety of people listening to us and and our subjects might not hit home with everybody, but I think I think people different different uh walks of life are giving us a chance so. all right yeah shout out to you if you're not into wrestling and you made it this far into this podcast oh, yeah gosh, parrots yes. and friends and nashvillians alike well thanks, thanks mom we'll see you again next week thank you guys uh we hope you guys enjoyed listening if you don't have children have one have one catch up yeah we want you to know what we go through yeah the fear yeah.